Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. In today's episode, we hear the tale of a demon who inhabits a crawl space. The story of a giant shadow person who sends two teenage boys running for home. The story of a haunted elementary school. And finally, the tale of two murder victims of the French Revolution who share their home with an unsuspecting family. And of course, your calls at 855-853-4802. Tony Bruschi and Jenny Bruschi joining you once again for another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm doing just fantabulous yourself. I'm doing well, thanks. Are you an EPP yet? Seriously? You should be an EPP. You should support the show. I know. You should become an EPP. I know. I need that bonus episode. (laughs) Just in case. I do. In case you're not absorbing it enough when we're in here doing the episode. I do go back and re-listen to some of the episodes sometimes. I do sometimes, too. I like to listen with the lights off, and I know the kids are like just in the other room. And uh, so it kind of, you know, I just go outside the girls' rooms at night and just turn the phone on to the ghost shows, and then I walk away. You do not. <laughs> no, I don't. Yet. Yeah. Wait till they get to be a little bit older. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not an EPP yet, please become one. It's on our website. Uh, you get a bonus episode every single week, and... The satisfaction of knowing you're keeping this show on the air and going. It's only five bucks a month. You get the bonus episode every week. It equates to about 52 extra episodes a year. Uh, and like I said, it supports the show. So if you enjoy the show, consider uh, doing that. Uh, it's it's a, it's a nice little thing to do. And, and unlike some other shows, it's just like take your money and go, huh, you already get it for free. Enjoy. We give you more. There's more to be had. <laughs> a second helping of dressing, if you will. Which I'm excited. We're getting into dressing season or stuffing season, as I call it. Was it dressing or stuffing in your house? It was stuffing. We said stuffing too. Yeah. Actually, it was kind of like depending who my, my who it was. My aunt, a lot of them called it dressing. My mom called it stuffing. Um, although we always knew that we shouldn't be eating the stuffing if it was actually coming out of the bird at someone's house. See, I never understood that because we always called it stuffing, but we never actually stuffed it in the bird. Well, that's good because that's not, you're never going to get it cooked correctly if you're going to stuff it in the bird. Okay. So that's where it gets dangerous. Dressing, I think, technically is the stuff when it's when it's not in the bird. But I'm excited. I love stuffing and dressing and I eat way too much of it. And I'm going to make my <laughs> crawfish stuffing again this year. All good things happen this time of year. Uh, 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call in with your real ghost story if you have one. Or, of course, you can always uh, write into us on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. Uh, Devin writes in. We'll kick that off with our uh, first story here from uh, Devin today. And Devin starts off, hello, Tony and Jenny. First off, 
Love your show. Listen to it when I go to bed or when I uh, want to hear some freaky stories. Ironically, the way I found your show is by looking for Ouija board stories online, which then turned into a search for ghost stories. I know how you guys feel about Ouija boards, but you can rest assured that I only find interest in the stories themselves, even though I had moments where I wanted to play. But I figured the bad outweighs the good, uh, that is, if there's any good at all. On the idea of how you want your funeral to go, Tony, I love the karaoke idea. At my funeral, I want people to enjoy themselves, too, rather than mourn. Maybe I would be dressed with a shirt that says, Life of the Party, and have a party hat on. You know, it's funny, I just put a picture up on Facebook, because there's this company in, uh, I believe it's New Orleans, that does the... Uh, posing the body of people in different ways okay. at funerals. There was a woman who was propped up in a chair with a can of Bush beer. It looked like a Pepsi in a, a glass, which didn't make sense because she had beer and Pepsi next to one another. She had her cell phone in her hand <laughs> and some other like trinkets, I'm sure, that like represented her on the table. But uh, that's how she had at her funeral. She was propped up in a chair at one of the tables. <laughs> that's so weird. Yeah. So, anyhow, people do it. Uh, continuing on, mainly I would have a video of myself at 18, which is uh, my age now, giving a speech about how life is just one big story, and the story only ends when there's no one left to tell it. So as long as there are people to tell the story of my life, I will always be there watching over them. Also, if anyone has done me wrong, or I've done them wrong, I have forgiven them, and I wish for them to do the same in return. Anyways... I sent this in because I, too, have a ghost story to tell. A few years back, my aunt rented and moved into her two-story house, which was only a mile or so away from my own. Now and again, I'd visit her and my cousins, who are older than me, either by a year or three. I would, they would tell me how they've seen things in the house. Now, I didn't believe them, but I do believe in the paranormal, if that makes any sense. Well, anyways, there'd be stories about my cousin's two rooms upstairs, one right next to the other with one containing the stairs that lead downstairs. Anyways, my cousin Cody would see a dark man sitting outside his window, just watching him as he would sleep. The only problem is that his room, like I said, was on the second floor, and there's nothing to hold onto or sit on in order to look in his room. Another story they would tell me is how they borrowed a dresser from one of their friends, and a little boy started showing up walking around the house. As soon as they got rid of it, he was gone. Now you can see why I don't believe in any of this, because I thought it sounded like every other ghost story, and they were trying to mess with me. Well, in my cousin David's room, there was something. One night I stayed over, he had to go to work. He gave me permission to use his room for the night. The night seemed normal, you know, watching TV, playing video games. It was 2.30 in the morning, and I had decided to go to sleep. So I walked up the stairs to my cousin David's room. I sat on the bed with the lights off and laid there. I had an odd feeling like something was watching me, so I looked in front of me over to my left where the door was, and there was nothing. Then I began scanning the room slowly over to crawl space, and he had on the right side of his room. Right as he looked at that corner, it felt like my whole head was shaking as if some force was coming towards me. To make sure it wasn't just me, I looked back at the door and the feeling went away. Then I went back to the spot where the force had come from, and there it was again. Nervous, I just closed my eyes and ignored it, hoping I'd just fall asleep. Now, that experience had happened a few months ago, and I just decided to bring it up to David himself. I told him the story I told you, and he gave me a straight look and said, 
You've seen it too? I informed him that I only felt its presence and I didn't know what it looked like. He told me that there's a demon in that room and it lives in the crawl space. He had a human figure, but with no skin, just muscle. One eye in his face was bigger than the other, and he had razor-sharp teeth. My cousin said to never look at the demon or he'll begin to walk close, closer to you. Then he continued to say my aunt tried checking on him one night. She would open the door to my cousin's room with him already sitting up and clear as day, ask what she wanted. He has no memory of this ever happening. They have since moved out, found a new place that's closer to me. They say that they hear our girls cry for help now and again, but that it, that is a story for another time. Sorry for how long this was. I hope I didn't bore you too much. I know you guys are getting fed up with the whole making up stories thing and sent and sending them in. But uh, I just want to say that I spent some time thinking about this and setting this one in for that exact reason. I wouldn't have sent it if it wasn't true. I know I felt in I know what I felt in that room, and it was pissed, whether it was a demon or not. Thank you for taking the time to read this big mess of a story, all the grammar, uh, grammar flaws that came along with it. I hope to hear your thoughts on it. Have a good day to both of you. Okay, so is that okay? So the demon looks like a person without skin mm-hmm. and just muscle. Sure. But do we truly know it's a demon, or is it? possibly just a a mean ghost i don't i mean i think i mean people who are ghosts don't tend to make themselves look scary no i was just wondering if something happened to him to cause him to lose his skin oh then he's projecting himself the way he was after the accident maybe i suppose that could be a possibility a lot of times if it's something dark though it's it's creating a a way of scaring people with its looks but you got a point. It just sounds like there's a lot going on in that house. All different yeah. kinds of disjointed things. Sure. There, there wasn't a whole lot of story there about what it was doing. No. So that's it's, it's really kind of hard to tell intent without knowing much about that other than its, its looks alone. So I guess we'd just be speculating on that. 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call into Real Ghost Stories Online if you have a real ghost story that you would like to share with us. Uh, yes. Um, my name is Dwayne, and I'm from uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Recently started watching or listening to the show and absolutely fell in love with it because it's nice to actually be able to have a hub to come to to listen to these things. Um, my, go- you know, my ghost story starts off kind of young. Um, I was about... Eight, maybe nine years old, and my family growing up was uh, more of the um, super dysfunctional. My father had a temper; he liked to drink, and he uh, would occasionally, more than occasionally, I suppose, um, take it out on my mother. So we had all come home from the state fair and things have been going great for the last couple of days um this one event something had happened at the fair between my parents that i did not know about um i still don't know what occurred but it really doesn't matter because when we got home they went up to the upstairs which at the time was off limits uh to me 
um, and I stayed downstairs. Um, and as this time period went on, I began to hear louder and louder yelling and, and fighting and cursing and screaming. And um, I just, for some odd reason, ran into their bedroom. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I didn't normally go in there, um, but this time I chose to go in there. And it was in the middle of summer, so we had the air conditioner on in there, and it, it did tend to be a little cooler in their room. Um, I'm sitting on the floor, just upset, trying to trying to get away from the sound when bedroom closet just opened on its own um now my first immediate thought even at eight was was there a breeze or gust um because you know I, you know i've seen how when you have multiple windows open doors can open and close themselves this stuff happens all the time but the window right immediately beside the bed the bedroom door had the air conditioner in it. Um, there couldn't have been a gust of wind to open the door. <clears throat> Coming from the, that way, it would have pushed the door to not sucked in and made like a vacuum effect and pulled it out. Um, nothing came out, nothing said anything. The door just opened on its own. I was not too inclined to stay in the room after that, um, even though my parents were still fighting. I went to the stairs and sat midway on the stairs, listening to them. So if I had to go up really quickly or something come at me, I could get up there. Um, and to just felt safe for some reason on the steps. About another 10, 15 minutes went by and, um, I was on the stairs and, um, just kind of wanting the argument to be over with. So my parents down there with me um my dad's sister throughout my childhood was able to calm him down the most she had a husband who was a work at a factory um and had uh, a bunch of keys on his key ring all the time and anywhere he walked you could hear you know the jingle 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 so the longer the fight went on the more i began to just think about come about going down and calling him. Think about going down and calling him. Think about going down and calling him. Well, I can't really put a pinpoint time on how long time passed, but for no unexplained reason, I heard the back door to the house, which was the main entrance to our house at the time, open, and I heard those exact keys jingling. Um, I went down the steps, went to go talk with this gentleman so that I could tell him what was going on. So maybe he could go upstairs and help stop the fighting. And nobody was there. Uh, I was a little bit freaked out, but for some reason it didn't bother me that bad. Um, and it wasn't maybe two minutes later our phone rang and I picked it up and it was my dad's sister and I told her what was going on and then she sent um, 
sent that same gentleman over and he did eventually show up. So I don't know if maybe it was just uh, somebody looking after me or or what, but um, well, anyway, I'm grown up now. Uh, I'm a nurse, I'm an emergency room nurse, um, and I have several more different things that have occurred between growing up and uh, being a nurse and seeing a lot of stuff, seeing a lot of death, and then some really weird things that have occurred afterwards, and I may call back later to share those stories. Love the show. Thank you all very much. Just keep up the good work. Bye. We always love good hospital stories. We do. It's always interesting to hear what, what happens uh, with the occurrences when people do pass, because just by the sheer amount that I'm sure folks end up seeing who work in those situations, that some of those situations that, that happen that are unexplained really are quite haunting. Yeah. So what did you think of the situation there, of the, the man that showed up and then was gone? You know, I don't know. I, I hate to say this, but I almost wonder if his mind was playing tricks on him. You know, almost like wishful thinking. Mm-hmm. But uh, I do think it's very ironic that the sister called right at the time that the that he needed, you know, them to come and help. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It may have been one of those things where it's just sending out that vibe and it got picked up. Yeah, very interesting. 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call into Real Ghost Stories Online. Of course, you can also write it on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Letter says, hello, Tony. Love the show. I've had a number of odd things happen to me since I turned 13. I'm 23 now. And this was the first experience that began my belief in the paranormal. Though I've had many experiences since this time, this one still sticks with me as the most strange of those experiences and unexplainable. To this day, I have never heard a story quite like it. My best friend Neil of the last 15 years has told me stories since the time we met at 8 years old about instances in which he was affected by the paranormal. To say I was a skeptic would be too kind. I used to laugh at him when he would try to tell me about his experiences, and it got to a point where he really just chose not to share them with anyone. This was quite understandable. The summer in which my ghost story occurred was the summer of both of our 13th birthdays. On this July evening, he was set to sleep over at my house. My parents had assumed we were in bed by about 11.30, so naturally, we made our way out the basement window around 2 a.m. when we knew they'd be sound asleep. There was no end goal in mind. We had no toilet paper, no eggs, no intent of doing anything destructive. We really just wanted the freedom to be able to walk around the neighborhood and make our own choices as newly acclaimed teenagers. After walking and sitting for about an hour, we decided to head to Neil's home. He lived in the adjacent neighborhood to the west, and we figured we'd walk over to his home and try to scare his sister by throwing rocks at her window. However, we never made it there. I have to point out that to get to his neighborhood, you had to cross a creek that runs north to south. There were two bridges that could get you the, to the other side of the creek. Both bridges had street lamps that hovered above them, and they created the only light that existed in the area. As we stood under the lamp by the bridge we were standing on, I looked ahead at the other lamp to see just how far the walk was. It was only about three quarters of a mile. We decided instead of crossing the bridge that... We already were standing by, and we were going to walk further through my neighborhood in order to cross to the other bridge, which was by his house. As we walked through my neighborhood, we 
had the very normal experience of dogs barking at us as we'd walk by their lawns. I'm sure everybody has experienced this at one time or another. However, when we turned around the corner to get back on the path that connected the bridges, Neil stopped me mid-sentence. I'd been telling him about a girl that he did not like, so I thought he was just trying to get me to stop talking about her. I stopped and I looked at him with a smirk on my face when I saw a ghostly look upon his face. I stopped and I looked in the direction he was transfixed on. A smile has never left my face so quickly. As we stood there, mouths agape, we saw what appeared to be a shadow that was almost as tall as the street light just ahead of us. It was just standing there. This was a normal 20-foot street light. There's no mist or anything in the air that could have acted as a surface for somebody's shadow to reflect upon. A dog was barking uncontrollably by the bridge. This is where the most eerie and unsettling thing happened. I did not see a face on the shadow. It was just a black mass. Naturally, I'd assumed it was facing our direction, and I had no reason to think otherwise. However, as we heard the same dog whimper and cease barking, the shadow did something that I thought would only exist in a nightmare. The black mass revealed it was facing away from us when it took three large steps backwards and then pivoted without ceasing its walking motion. It headed directly towards us. Neil grabbed me at this point, and I remember seeing glowing white that stood in the place of where the figure's eyes would be. I was scared about how this thing had made its way towards us, but I still knew that it couldn't get to us without backtracking towards the bridge it had moved away from. Remember, I was a huge skeptic. However, when it got down to the creek, which was by no means easy to cross on foot, I simply glided over with ease. There was no splashing sound whatsoever, but there was also no waiting around to see what happened next. We both turned and ran and what felt like a three-minute mile back to my home. I never turned around to see if it was following us to the house. I saw Neil look back once, but he kept running, so I figured I should do the same. It was absolutely the most unnerving experience I've had to this day, and it began what has become years of paranormal experiences that continued later that same week. So, is that a shadow person then? Because we hear about all different kinds of shadow people, and it sounds like it was a shadow, but it was extremely tall. Yeah, I would. I think it probably classifies as a shadow person. What I find interesting over the past couple of weeks is a lot of stories we've had about shadow type people, and them being ridiculously large. I know we have had several of those. I don't know. I haven't had that, that in, the, in the past, where they just seem to be normal size or you know just oddly shaped, but. They've been like giant shadow people stories. Right. So, I don't know. It is I don't know what that means or why that is. I'm wondering, is the shadow person casting a shadow and that's making them seem larger? You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I get what you're saying. I don't know. Uh, it just sounds like it was just extremely tall. Because if it was casting a shadow, it had eyes, though. This one did. Sure. And the eyes would have had to been way, way up, up there. there. So... I don't, I don't know. know. Very dark. I mean, that's just, I don't know. Anytime you hear that, the 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 ghost people, I think they're regular size. I mean, if you can choose to be a giant when you die, great, but I kind of doubt that's the case. So, I don't know. Anything that's the giant shadow person, I'd be very leery of. Although I'm leery of most anything we talk about, so. <laughs> 
Okay. He'd be leery as opposed to not leery. Yeah, I mean. Okay. As opposed to not, exactly. <laughs> that almost makes sense, doesn't it? Almost. Almost, yes. <laughs> 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call in to Real Ghost Stories Online. If you have a real ghost story to share with us, let's go to another caller. Hi, Tony and Jenny. This is Jill from Indiana. I've called a couple times before. I was calling because the last uh, story I called in about was uh, pretty scary and horrible. Uh, thank goodness Jenny was at school, so I thought I'd call in with a not-so-horrible one. Uh, again, I'm a paranormal investigator. I've been doing this for eight years. And this story, I was actually helping out another group in life, and he was doing a home investigation, and he said he'd been to the home before, but that they could not catch any evidence when they went. They had been there, I believe, twice before. He tried two different teams of people, and he said that uh, you know, the homeowners were insistent that as soon as they left, the activity would go crazy. That happens sometimes. So he thought if he brought me in because I'm a girl and uh, kind of sensitive, that one of the things I do as a sensitive is I can like shut my eyes and try to feel the room and see you know, where are they, if they're there, uh, how many possibly male or female, that sort of thing. So usually when I do that, I don't reveal that information to the other investigators. I just make notes and then maybe I'll point the investigators in the right direction and see if we can back it up with actual real evidence that we can show the homeowners. So that was what I was going to do. So we go to this home and I don't know anything about the home other than uh, the activity seems is, is, is so varied they don't know what they're dealing with. So we're walking through the house and the homeowners are talking to my friend who is the lead investigator. And I'm just walking with my recorder. I use a Zoom H2 because I like the multiple microphones. And uh, he looks at me and I point to a direction and we go that way. And then he checks with me again and I point to another room. And uh, it's, it's the boys' bedroom. They have boys and girls. And the homeowners look at me and they say, oh, no, we don't have any activity in that room. That, that room has never been a problem. And so my lead looks at me and, and I said, I would bet you my check. It's in there. It's hiding and it wants us to go away. And so we go into the room and the homeowners are explaining to me, oh, nothing ever happens here. Uh, the boys are not afraid of anything here and so on and so forth. And it's definitely coming from the closet. And you know, whether you believe in psychics or sensitives or not, I think a normal person could have felt this. I don't understand how the homeowners did. It just felt like this horrible, uh, yucky uh, hatred and anger coming from the closet. Closet is shut. So I'm trying to convince the homeowners. They're like, you know, just, I really think it's in there. Uh, would it be okay if I go in the closet? And they were like, well, sure you could, but we swear nothing ever happens. And they were just emphatic that this room was totally untouched. And I think they were really hoping we weren't going to stir up activity in that room. So meanwhile, 
they have this little kitten. It's a calico kitten. It's young. It's been following me around all night. A very curious little thing. It likes to talk and chitter, and it's climbing in my bag. Just the cutest thing. So, <clears throat> well, I'm still trying to convince the homeowners that they should let me go in the closet. The kitten runs into the room because you have cats run about for no reason. And it runs into the room, jumps up onto the top bunk of the bunk bed that I'm leaning against, and sits down. So um, the homeowners are still talking, and the kitten is now behind me. So I turn around and I face the kitten, which puts the closet at my back. And I said, hey, kitten. And the little kitten went, meow. And I said, hey, kitty, uh, could you please tell me, where is the man that doesn't have a body? And the homeowners immediately stop and look at me. And I was seriously just being silly. I was just goofing around because I was getting tired of trying to convince them to let me in this closet. And I swear to you, the kitten who is sitting on its rear end leans around my head to look around my head. It looks straight at the closet and it says, just like this, at the closet, which is funny and adorable. But of course, I don't know why, but that was the straw that broke the camel's back. And the mother immediately was like, oh my God, she was freaking out. I can't, she's talking to the cat. The cat's talking to her. The cat, because she's freaking out. And I realized that I had gone too far. <laughs> so, uh, long story short, yes, the entity was in the closet, and we were able to speak to it and find out what it was doing and why it was doing it. Uh, basically, it didn't like the color that they were painting the new room. Silly, but what the problem was. Um, so, we were able to actually make communication, but I thought it was really funny that they didn't believe me. They didn't believe the other teams of investigators that came in. They believed the cat. <laughs> so, just another example that cats are crazy. So, thank you for listening. I love your show. Bye-bye. Interior decorator ghost and ghost hunter cat in that story. I like that story. So if your ghost is throwing a hissy fit because they don't like the color you're painting. Just bring in some color swatches and let them decide. Really? Or maybe take the planchette from a Ouija board over like a color swash board and then let it <laughs> pick the color. See, my thinking goes back to, like, parenting. When they're throwing a fit, you don't give in so that they don't learn that, oh, well, that's how I get my way. Uh-huh. So do you make the ghost just have to have their hissy fit and then they're done? Yeah, I think so. I think you got to kind of you know, force the ghost to enjoy the color. Maybe they'll like it after a while. I mean, after all, they got used to death and they're... That's <laughs> <laughs> true. You know, I think paint colors aren't all that big of a deal at that point, but apparently they are. I suppose if you're relegated to haunting the same house forever, I could see paint colors being, uh, being a little more concerned than even the homeowner because you're stuck there. I could see that. I could see if I were stuck in my house and somebody came in and painted a horrible color because you know how I am about my mm -hmm. paint colors. Yeah. I could be the ghost that throws a a hissy fit over the paint color. I think what would be hilarious to do is to go into like Lowe's or Home Depot um, and get the you know the the big board that has all the different colors on that you can take a look at, 
and of the samples. And uh, it's very nonchalant. Can we see the, uh, you know, the color swash board so we can pick out the colors for our, our new room? And yeah, they bring it up. And then get out the planchette out of your purse from the Ouija <laughs> board. Okay, now could you just put your fingers on this and ask the person at Lowe's or Home Depot to help you with it? Like, what are you doing? Oh, we're asking the spirit that lives in this room to decide what color we're going to paint this room. So I just need your help. Just put your fingers there. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> To get that off, like, candid camera. Yeah. That would be great. It would just be very dead serious the whole time and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> 855-853-4802. Here's a phone number to call in to Real Ghost Stories online. Brittany uh, writes in Heim 21, live in Long Island. My story takes place in an old elementary school on Long Island. My dad is a custodian there, and when I was younger, he would take me to work with him almost every day in the summer. The school's always had a creepy feel to it, but I never really had any experiences until I was about 10. The first time I had a paranormal experience at the school, uh, I was in one of the classrooms upstairs by myself, and I would get really bored. I would help my dad clean some of the classrooms. At the time of the occurrence, I was leaning over, cleaning the bottom of a chair. Out of my peripherals, I could see a man standing in the doorway. I knew that it wasn't my father because it was too skinny of a figure. So I just assumed that it was my dad's co-worker, Joey, since we were the only three in the building. I began talking to him, and I can't remember what I said, but I know that it was something that required an answer. But the figure just stood there quiet. Feeling like the conversation was one-sided, I looked up, and when I did, I saw no one. I walked down to the hallway and still saw nobody. The hallways were so long that if someone were walking away, I'd still be able to see them. Feeling nervous, I started looking for my dad. Kind of felt like when you run up the stairs, it feels like something's chasing you, except I was walking around a big building hoping I would find my dad or his co-worker. I remember feeling like I was never going to find them, and I started to panic a little. When I finally found my father and his co-worker, they were eating lunch in the kitchen downstairs. I asked him if he or Joey had just been upstairs, and he said no. I also asked him if there was anyone else in the building. He explained there was not because the door was locked and they had to buzz uh, people to get into the front entrance. My dad checked around the building a bit to reassure me, but found no one. kind of remained a mystery for a while. A couple years down the road, my dad told me a story that gave me chills. He told me that during school hours, while he was working, a teacher strolled by one of the classrooms while it was in session. She saw what she described as a nicely dressed man standing in the back of the class. When she later asked the teacher that was in the class who the man was, she said there was no man in her classroom. I'm not sure if she saw the same man or not, but I do know that the elementary school, which I will not name right now unless I find out from my father that it will not get him fired for making for me telling the story, is indeed haunted. I, my father, and his co-workers have had lots of other experiences in that school that I'll write about more. Call in. Thanks a lot for sharing my story. I hope I can share the rest. See, I'm thinking it's like an old principal or somebody like that. It's standing in the back of the classroom, still watching? Uh-huh. I could see that. I was going to say how, you know, if you're a, a ghost and if you get to choose who you're you're watching over, I think a lot of times it probably ends up being like a grandkid or a kid or you know, some some youngin mm-hmm. that's close to you to to watch over them. I sound like a very old man. A youngin. <laughs> um, so, you know, 
I, I wonder if they were two different ghosts or if it was the same ghost. Because what I went to was thinking, well, the odds of you have all these kids in this classroom, the odds that one of them may have a ghost that's following them around, probably not. Probably pretty good, actually, you know, or if you consider a whole school, there probably is one or two kids that have some sort of entity following them around. Um, and then the odds of someone who's sensitive enough to see it. OK, the, the two kind of cross paths there, maybe. That's my take on it. Or it could be a ghost principal that's still doing their job. See, that was my take was that, you know, you know how principals are. They walk by and they see somebody in a classroom by themselves. They're going to pop in and see what's going on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being that it was an older school, it used to be more common that the teachers were female and the principals were male. That was pretty much sure. the standardized gender role of, yeah. of education back in the olden days. Yeah. In the olden days, I mean anything like, you know, the 50s. And Post-1980? <laughs> no, pre-1980. <laughs> pre yeah. yeah. Well, possibly. But so I could see since he was nicely dressed that being a principal going around and still monitoring everything. Sure. Sure. I remember we had uh, the principal in my elementary school. He he taught the eighth grade. Our elementary went up to eighth grade. And um, well, uh, if if they needed a fill-in uh, for if a teacher had an emergency or something, or one of our teachers had to go do something uh, out of nowhere, and he would then come in and watch the, the younger classroom because the eighth graders, they thought, could take care of themselves. <laughs> don't know why this thought process crossed their mind, but it did. Okay. Um, anyway. Uh, I remember him coming in like one of the few times he ever watched our room and he was just kind of a creepy weird man um, and the only other times he really saw him was when he just stand in the back of the room but then just today or that day he was sitting there and he was trying to teach and um, when we were doing our work he just he'd walk up and down the aisles and just kind of peer down at you and for whatever reason, I looked up at him as he was coming by, and I just started laughing. You did? <laughs> like, it's like evil laugh. And it was like, <laughs> like that. Uh-huh. This is in a Christian school. Uh-huh. And he goes, my, what an evil laugh you have. And I said, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. I just, I just remember that moment and laughing a real evil maniacal laugh at him. I don't know why. I bet you he still remembers that too. I don't know what was funny. He probably thought I was possessed or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But uh, it wasn't the nicest school in the world for being a Christian school. Um, they were, they kind of practiced a lot of real anti-Christian, <laughs> I think, outlooks on life towards people. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was an interesting moment. Sounds like there it. There you go. I, I think he's still alive. I've actually I've tried Googling him to see what he looks like all these years later, and I can't find anything. Yeah. You ever do that with you know teachers or anything to see? Some of them, like, some of my teachers still look exactly the same from elementary school, which is like, what the hell? But I, I don't Google them or anything, because honestly, since my mom still works in the same school system that I went to. You can see some, yeah. Yeah, I see quite a few of them pretty sure. regularly, and some of them still look the same. Some of them have long since retired, yeah. but... Oh, it's always a kind of point of curiosity for me running, you know, seeing a, a teacher from all those years back. Sure. Uh, Angie writes in, when my grandfather was going to die, none of us expected it. He was in and out of the hospital several times over a few years. The last time he went in, all of the family was used to him going in and out. We were not visiting him as much. My grandmother, and one of my aunts would see him one day. 
They said that he kept telling them to turn the music down, upset and yelling for them to turn the music down, that the people singing were really loud. There was no noise and no one was singing. They asked him what the music sounded like, and he basically said it sounded like angels singing. Then he started to talk to people in the room. No one would be there. He would say stuff like, do you see so-and-so? My grandmother would look, and no one would be there. He'd get upset at her and say, they're right there. That was the night he died. He died in the middle of the night, around 2 in the morning. I woke up scared and was looking at the phone. Then the phone rang. I knew when the phone rang that my grandfather had died. Keep in mind, no one expected him to die. It was my aunt, and she told me calmly to get my mother. I got her, and that's how it was confirmed. He died alone at the hospital. Once, he almost died several years before, and said that he talked to God, that God was going to let him live, but he had to do something to stay. My grandfather was an alcoholic for several years. His sons and friends were also alcoholics. God told him to tell them to stop drinking. That, it was wrong. That was his final mission. When he was better, he never drank again and always would tell people what happened. He was truly a different man after that. You know, whether or not that actually happened or if he, you know, had that in his mind, uh-huh. being close to death, uh-huh. I like that it still had a positive effect. Sure. So. Yeah, either way, it worked. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. But it's, in- I mean, it's interesting where she said that she was looking at the phone before it rang and people were not expecting him to die mm-hmm. at 2 a.m. She right. just kind of knew. Mm-hmm. So, and, and then him seeing people right at the end, that's very, very, very common. Right. You know, and it's one of those things where we've talked about that before is, are they actually seeing people? Is it part of the brain shutting down? Because there's a science to that where people, in, and it can be said, you know, this will cause hallucinations and this and that when this part stops working, this will do that. So that does make sense. Sure. Um, but then when you have, you know, sometimes you get the ones where, dead that are coming back or giving messages that that person didn't know about that's when you go okay that how how is the hallucination doing that yeah exactly so uh 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call into real ghost stories online let's go to another caller hello you're on the show hey guys this is ashley calling again from philadelphia mississippi have a personal ghost story that I wanted to tell you guys last time. Uh, however, I ran out of time. Um, uh, I worked at a water treatment facility and during training, my job was to, uh, work the graveyard shift and the fellas, before they would leave me, they, they would tell me that, uh, Watch out for uh, for John. Uh, that's just a ghost we have around here. He he tends to uh, do a little banging in the basement at night. Uh, I really, you know, I'm a very skeptical person gen- uh, usually. Uh, so I didn't take any I didn't take any consideration to what they were saying. Uh, anyway, my first couple of nights there, uh, I kept hearing a loud a loud door slam and the unusual thing of it is is this is a very small water treatment plant and you go down into the basement 
to where you test the uh, pH levels and uh, on the water that you're treating. Uh, it's also a big pump room. The only exit downstairs, there's, are, there's one way in the treatment facility through the front door upstairs and one way out after you get in through the basement. The basement door never opens. It is a door that stays closed and locked at all times. It's an enormous steel door that, that uh, takes a lot of force to open the door. Anyway, that door stays locked at all times. Uh, let me give you a little uh, a, a brief description on the basement of this treatment facility. First, you go down these winding steps and you get to the bottom and at the bottom you have all the uh, pH supplies, pumps and all that good stuff and then you see the door in the back. Okay, uh, it's always, I always felt like somebody was looking at me uh, the entire time. Well, anyway, get back up. It's about two in the morning and I keep hearing this door open, slam, open, slam, open, slam, constant, terrified. So I'm like, what in the hell? So I nut up. Well, I'm sorry. I get my courage up and, uh, take my flashlight, go downstairs, and nothing. Nothing but pumps going on. Now, I know the difference between what a pump sounds and, and the way a steel door opens and slams. It was the door opening and slamming. This is 2 in the morning. No one's down there. I'm the only one in the facility. Okay, that's one part of it. The next day, I'm sharing with, with the other guys. They say, oh, that's just John. He's, he's our little ghost. I'm, I'm like, okay. All right. So during training, uh, one of my training exercises was I go in the uh, mechanical room. Uh, they do a training to where, say, all the lights go out in, in the building. Well, if all the lights go out and the power goes out, the pumps go out, and, uh, of course, you know, there's the filtration in the water. Is, it, it, it's not happening. So that, that's a city problem. So uh, the lights go out, and I'm, during, I'm going through this training, so the only way to turn the lights on to activate the, uh, the generator is to walk in this dark mechanical room because the breaker box is in the very far corner of the room. Well, in pitch darkness, I walk in there after the power went out, and when I walked in, I saw a man in my peripheral to the left of me, and he was in uh, the utility clothes. He was in his company clothes, like a jumpsuit with his name on it. Uh, it looked like my coworker Tom, uh, so I, you know, walked back, uh, flip, flipped the switch on, and uh, when the generator came on, the lights all came on. And uh, when I looked over, no one was standing there. I'm like, what the hell? So I ran out of the room. I said, Tom, I said, are you trying to scare me? I said, I said, why were you standing in the corner in there? Tom was on the opposite side of the building. There's no way on earth that 
that he was in there at the time. That's my ghost story. Haunted water plant. I seen the ghost, and it was terrifying. Uh, I also have a couple other stories I'm not going to share with you today, but that is my ghost story. You guys do a great job. Uh, Jenny, the show's not, not the same without you. Uh, Tony, excellent, ex- excellent radio voice, bud. You guys have a blessed day. I'm out. Interesting. Water plant ghosts, just with all the talk of bathrooms and hauntings and water being a big conductor of that. That would be like the ultimate place for a water, for a ghost to be showing up, I would think. I know, but how sad is it if you're a ghost, you have to stay at work for eternity? Well, it'd be interesting to know if anyone ever died in the building. Yeah. If he saw someone who was dressed in work clothes, that would lead you to believe it was, you know, a, a... former employee if you will sure um it would be neat if he would have gotten the name on the name tag yeah you know but and but they looked dark. it up and oh look yeah he died he fell in the water we all drank him for like when our <laughs> they found his body 20 years later Ew. that's what that weird uh, tangy flavor was um <laughs> but uh saltwater taffy they make per yeah it's great it's so that's gross <laughs> It's a ghost show. I know, but there's still even limits on a ghost show. Yeah, no, there's not. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, that's interesting. The uh, the water treatment plant in my hometown, you know what it looked like? It looked like an old church. Oh, really? And I'm not sure if it was at one time or not, but it was really weird because it's still standing to this day. Um, in fact, I know you've seen it, but you probably didn't know what it was. Um, it's... It's it's in the shape of a you know an elongated church building, and it has windows that look like cathedral type church windows along the side of the building. There's not like a steeple or anything to the thing, but it does look like it could have at one point in time been a church of some sort. I don't know, but it's a wastewater treatment or not. It's just the water treatment plant, not the wastewater treatment plant. Well, that's kind of nice though, because those are usually really industrial looking, mm-hmm. and not that there's anything wrong with that. But sometimes where they have to be, it just really is kind of out of place oh it looks run down as hell i mean it looks like a haunted church okay (laughs) bigger than you ask like what is that oh it's the water tree that's where all of our fresh drinking water comes from and like the words fresh and drinking water were the last things they wanted to hear that came out of that building yeah and and it was right next to the funny part right uh, across the street from it was uh a giantly contaminated plot of land that I believe they had to put a parking lot over because it's all that would be like approved to go there. Mm-hmm. It was called Rooping's Leather Company. And this is a leather company that existed forever. Um, shut down, I think, in like the 80s or 70s. Um, ground completely contaminated. Oh. <laughs> um, but, and smelled horrific. This Because the, the hulk of this building had been standing into my childhood and it was just this creepy, you know, ghost factory. Um, but then the water treatment plant right across the street (laughs) wow yes my friends this is the town of Fond du Lac Wisconsin see our water treatment plant here in Wichita our class actually took a field trip to go down there and visit yeah and it's old and creepy and across the street is Cowtown which is even older Mm -hmm. and creepier and then Botanica's there and it's one of the oldest parts of the city yeah so don't you know that that's just like a conduit big time for everything around there? It's right there, yeah. 
Yeah. It's like the water treatment plant's a giant Ouija board. And it's at the <laughs> fork of the river. So you've got all kinds of energy going it's on. It's all right there. Yep. Let's go to a letter that was written into us at realghoststoriesonline.com. Hi, Tony and Jenny. First off, been listening to your show for a few weeks now and love that it's become a daily thing. I listened to all the episodes in just a few days and was eager to hear more. It's become the thing I look forward to the most for a little pick-me-up during the workday. I originally found your podcast while browsing the sciences section on iTunes. I have to be honest, I've always been fascinated with this subject, but wouldn't have necessarily called myself a believer, but rather a skeptic. However, listening to the stories that listeners have sent in has completely altered my view, and I can honestly say that I'm a believer now. I've always felt sensitive and have never felt truly comfortable being alone. I always felt like there is something with or around me. My mom had always told me to stop being such a baby and to stop letting my imagination run wild. I've expressed this feeling of something always being there. I guess I'd always written my feelings off as just that, my imagination. The summer before I entered middle school, my best friend, who had moved to Colorado for a few years earlier was visiting and spending a few weeks in a house that my mom and I had just moved into. This house definitely had some sort of entity or energy, as I've never experienced as many unexplained or bizarre things as I had in the year we lived there. My grandmother had recently given me her collection of about 20 porcelain dolls, and my mom thought they were so beautiful that she bought a corner shelf facing my bed to display them. One day, my friend and I were sitting on the floor in the middle of my room talking when she made a comment about the dolls and how their eyes seemed to follow yours, as if they're always staring straight at you no matter where you are in the room. I always just wrote this off as an optical illusion, but was glad to hear that she was creeped out by them also. However, not more than a minute after she made the comment, my mom called us to come downstairs as dinner was ready. We came down right away to find my mom asleep and snoring on the living room couch, nowhere near the bottom of the stairs. We never thought anything of this, as I had never heard of an entity that might be able to mimic someone else's voice. Until hearing a similar story on this show. Now, in hindsight, I really do think there was something in that house other than my imagination. Soon enough, summer was over and I was back in school. I'd always get home before my mom and would often do my homework on the kitchen table. One day I had my radio playing while I was studying when all of a sudden it stopped. I didn't think anything of it as it was battery operated, but as soon as I got up to take a look at it, it jumped. It couldn't have jumped more than an inch or two, but I distinctly remember it lifting off the counter and dropping back down with a loud thud. It all happened so fast that I was questioning whether or not it actually happened, or I just imagined it. Interestingly, though, this didn't scare me. Another strange incident that happened in that house was me walking up in the kitchen at some odd hour in the morning. Now, I had long ago outgrown sleepwalking by this age, and to my knowledge, I hadn't done it since I was about four. My mom said she would often find me asleep and standing by her bed in the middle of the night when I was younger, which, looking back on it, seems kind of creepy. But anyways, for this particular incident, I was about 15 or 16 and had managed to sleepwalk all the way downstairs and into the kitchen, which is blocked off by a gate to keep our dogs out of the living room at night. I'm not sure if this was anything paranormal, but still kind of strange for me. I've been meaning to write these stories in for a few days now, but tonight something happened which made me want to write in right away, so I'd like to include that too. I was taking a bath after a long day at work, and I felt myself starting to fall asleep. I decided it was time to drain the water and rinse off before heading to bed. 
I leaned forward to pull the plug and let the water drain when I heard a very distinct plunk of something hitting or falling into the water behind me. I distinctly heard a splash and felt the water hit my back and immediately thought, crap, I knew I shouldn't have sat my phone on the edge of the tub. I quickly whipped around to rescue my phone from the water, but there was nothing there. My phone was still on the edge of the tub and nothing was in the water. As I sat in the tub and the water drained, I continued to think about what had just happened and was feeling increasingly uneasy. My heart was beating onto my chest. I tried to seem as calm and collective as I could as I casually got up, wrapped myself in a towel, and left the bathroom, as if to prove that I was not scared of whatever entity might be there. I'm wondering if becoming a believer has changed something about my light. As someone recently mentioned, it almost reminds me of the story of a woman working in the hotel with a man telling her that her light was too bright, but that she could let them see her if she wanted to. I wonder if my newfound belief in the paranormal makes me appear more sensitive to entities or spirits, as if they can now see that they can communicate or interact with me. Just a thought. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts, though. As always, keep up the good work. I love listening to the show. The stories that come in really make you question what is present in the world we're living in. Sorry, this letter seems to ramble. I really wanted to get all of these stories in as they all occurred in the same house with the exception of the most recent one which happened tonight in my current bathroom. I have one more story, but we'll submit it later as I've already covered so much in this letter and it doesn't really overlap with these incidents. One more thing. I know you've been suggesting that people ask a real estate agent if anything has happened in a house before buying it. And I recently stumbled upon a website called dieinhouse.com which searches all known records for a requested address for free. It's for free? Uh, I think so. I don't know for sure. I thought there was Is one there that paid? was... I thought there was a paid one like that. I've been getting... People have been sending me that link uh, at least a couple times a week now. Um, and yeah, it's. I haven't ever tried it because... Should we try it for this house? Would you like to find out if everyone died here? No, I don't want to know. You sure? I'm sure. Let me just type it in. Die in house. And see what we come up with. Dun, 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 dun. Oh my god. Three? I'm kidding. That's so <laughs> not funny, Tony Bruski. <laughs> I didn't even type it. I did like I did totally like the TV show typing is like da, 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 da. Oh my god! That's not even funny. I love that where it's like, hang on, let me type this paragraph in. Okay, done. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Uh, I did not put our address in. I don't know. Uh, I, I oh, search is starting at fourteen ninety nine. So no, it's not free. But that's a small price to pay if you really want to know. I think if you were house hunting, it'd be a great thing to as use as a resource. Especially if you're interested in buying a really old house. Sure, or trying to narrow down a haunting. Yeah. And this is not a, an endorsement for their service by any means. We're not paying us to say that. But um, yeah, it's an interesting... Uh, I wonder how detailed it gets. You know, because like, uh, like Carfax and stuff, they're finding a lot of issues with Carfax. Really? These days, yeah. Like there's, um, there's ways of things not being on a Carfax report. It's not as detailed as people think. So I'm wondering how detailed the die-in-house report actually is. I, I could see them start marketing that. Ask for the die-in-house report from your realtor today. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> you 
it's not a clean house until you've had your dying house report. You know, they put it on the doors of every house. <laughs> it's like a Carfax <laughs> report. Uh, one more letter. Juliet writes in, hello again. This is about something that happened to me uh, when I had just left high school and was trying to decide what I was going to do next. My father had a friend who had taught in a school I was interested in, and we were in, in, who invited me to stay a few days so we could talk about it. I lived in France, and he lived in the city of A-R-L-E-S. I think it's Arles. Arles. And a beautiful old house dating back to the 17th century. Yeah, no ghosts there. The first evening, he went off to uh, Avignon to see his wife and daughter rehearse for a play and left me at home with his old Labrador. I was getting ready for bed when I heard the sound of rushing wind as if from the outside. It was July and incredibly hot, so I went to open the window to take advantage of the breeze, but there was none. It was very puzzling. I could still hear the sound, but nothing budged outside. I sat down on the bed to take off my shoes, and out of the corner of my eye, I began to see things move. Papers on the desk, the corner of a poster, all began to shift very slightly as if in a very weak air current. I went around the room looking for a hole in the wall or something. I even licked my hand to see if I could sense a draft. I told the dog that if it was paranormal, he shouldn't just be lying there on the floor doing nothing. I remember saying to myself, wow, if this, would be, if this was in a movie, I'd be scared shitless. But I also felt as if something was reassuring me and telling me not to be scared. It was the weirdest part about the whole thing, and it is what convinced me that it was paranormal. After a while, I ended up falling asleep. I woke up suddenly at 2 in the morning and heard footsteps and muffled voices in the room above, and I thought that my dad's friend had returned from his night out. So I just went back to sleep. Got up very early, and while I was preparing breakfast, he suddenly drove up and told me that he'd ended up staying the night uh, in the other town. So I asked him who else lived in the house. He laughed and took me downstairs and showed me two portraits and said, These are two brothers. Noblemen who were murdered here during the French Revolution. They haunt the house, but they're not bad. I was furious. I was convinced he had played a dirty trick on me and spent the next two days hunting around for tape recorders and wind machines, but found nothing. A few days later, I went to see his wife and daughter in their play. Afterwards, the daughters asked me about my stay, and I told her the house was very beautiful, but I didn't think her dad was unfair. But I did think her dad was unfair to play tricks on me, to which she said he wasn't. I have lived there my whole life in that house, and it's definitely haunted. But the ghosts are nice, and do not. After that, what can one say? So I gotta know what's the story on how they figured out who the Who's haunting the house? How do they know it's the two brothers? They went to the Dying House website. Okay. No. Yeah, because that goes all the way back to... The 17th century. The French Revolution. That's yeah, right. it does. Totally. I don't know. I mean, I suppose... I don't know. I mean, historical societies, something... May, maybe they're well-known. Maybe it's well-documented. I don't know. I know. I'm just curious. I'm going to guess it was somewhat documented, considering they got it down to that... I mean, they asked pictures of the people. Yeah. So maybe they were able, I don't know, maybe it's a family home or something. These are like great, great, great grand. I don't know. Who knows? But they're dead. I wonder if they were guillotined there. (laughs) I wonder if they ended up being dumped in the wastewater treatment plant in the town and made the water tangy for years to come. (laughs) You can always You went there. I went there over there. Hey, the guillotine fits with the French Revolution, so. So does the water treatment plant. (laughs) Okay. And making salt water taffy from the 
That's more like Breaking Bad. That's gross. <laughs> or Walking Dead or something. Anywho, if you're not an EPP yet, please become one. It's only five bucks a month. You get an extra bonus episode every single week. And uh, you are supporting the show. You're keeping us on the air without your support. We could not continue to keep doing this. So if you enjoyed the show, you want it to continue on, please become an EPP. You do that through the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. For Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski, and also for the man in the bottom of the water at the water treatment plant, making delicious saltwater taffy for all the children of the village. I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. Don't look at me like that. You're nuts. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need marketing wizards found them software engineers found that project manager i could never seem to hire and found linkedin jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience in fact 86 percent of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com spoken that's linkedin.com spoken terms and conditions apply